So what characters uh, are gonna be today? What we so we have Loran. I'm Loran. We have Hello. the witch. Got a couple different characters today. The witch, um, she just shows up when she wants to. Mm. Pers- like it's she. We're not. We're not gonna try to get the witch out right now. Mm. But Loran. Loran's another story. Who is Loran? Tell me about Loran. Well, she works at the pharmacy. Yeah. Yeah. So the I night shift at, at the pharmacy. Okay. In the CVS pharmacy, but inside of a Target. So it's like very confusing for everyone involved. Um, so you you just called out my pharmacy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, right why does it have street. to be in a Target, CVS though? CVS in a Target. It's the closest one. Like, wh- who decided on doing that kind of collab? Like, oh, CVS, you know what would make you better? If we put you inside of a Target. Like, that did nothing other than, like, make it harder to find the CVS. <laughs> Is this what we're starting the episode with? <laughs> um, no, just keep going. Well, anyway, Loran works at the CVS and the Target. Except uh-huh. she's not trusted with any of the drugs because mm. she's a raging drug addict. Mm. But also a pharmacist. But also a pharmacist. So how did she get hired in the first place? They just really need heads. It's, like, really hard to get people to work at pharmacies just because of like the toxic work environment so what you're saying is that people don't even need to go to school for pharmacy anymore no no to totally ditch that <laughs> you can literally you can literally just, just show up at a cbs and, and ask like will you hire me and they'll be like what are your qualifications and then you go raging drug addict <laughs> but a bad bitch Oh, okay, okay. And they're like, all right, you know, you, can you start today? Can you start right now? And can you work 14-hour shifts? Well, so pharmacies closed. I don't think there's any night shift pharmacies. No, there are. There's a 24-hour pharmacy. There's 24-hour pharmacies? There are, yeah. That does sound... I know there's 24-hour CVSs, but they're not 24-hour pharmacies. There's 24-hour pharmacies. Because what if you need, like, emergency drugs oh, at nighttime? Oh, you're right. Yeah. Um, and the night shift pharmacists make bank, make so much money. All they have to do is deal with abuse. Yeah. And then having to have an opposite schedule to everyone you've ever known and loved. <laughs> like what? I think um, we've gone too far off the rails here. <laughs> yeah. Well, Lorraine loves her job. Um, she just mops the floors and like, she's not even a pharmacist. She's a janitor. <laughs> So what you're saying is she's delusional. Yeah. Yeah, honestly. Um, so it's a just a crazy homeless, the, the average crazy homeless lady in Colorado. That's who Lorraine is. Is it average? Have you talked to any homeless ladies recently? I actually know I have not. I shouldn't say that. Yeah, Albert, check yourself. That's very, yeah, that's very offensive to me. <laughs> welcome back. Are we, are, we keep, are we keeping that? We should. Okay, well, welcome back to Closer to the Core. I think I'm your host for this episode. Uh, my name is Albert. Joined by me is Lauren, aka Natalie, but her alter ego because she is dying today. It was my birthday yesterday. I don't need to say anything else. <laughs> Mic drop. I think, I think the intro said enough for itself. <laughs> I think Lauren is a projection of what you're feeling like today. Yeah, I mean, I also, I just got a two-hour massage too, yeah. which like added to the... I'm not even in my body right now. You know, she massaged what was left of my soul right into the ether. Like, I don't know where I am at this point, but I'm feeling really relaxed. Hell yeah. Well, yeah, Natalie knocked on my door 
I opened it and I thought she was genuinely ill. Um, and he backed away. I backed because she went, she opened her arms for a hug and I looked at her like, I'm flying to go, I'm flying for work and then going to see family. The last thing I want to do is get sick from you right now. Are you sick? <laughs> I, see, you're giving me contradicting thoughts because you're telling me that I look sick, but you're also telling me I look like a sexy tan bathing suit model yeah so here's where loran comes in right i'm not talking to natalie right now because uh natalie would not have made up those words i just said natalie you're looking extra tan today <laughs> never did i say sexy or model because <laughs> you do you did look you were like reddish i was like did you get sunburned were you out on the mountain or like on a beach we don't have beaches here <laughs> i mean i've been outside all right yeah we're getting my vitamin d uh-huh just the vitamin one though okay yeah unfortunately <laughs> but it's fine um <laughs> yeah so i celebrated my birthday last night I had a great time oh yeah stayed up till 5 a.m you know how long it's been since i've stayed up till five in the morning how long i actually don't know no that's because like for me that's what i was trying to remember like i was trying to remember the last time i stayed up until sunrise and i can't remember i don't do that very often no like, even when I was partying in college, like, it was rare that you'd see me when the sun came up because I liked to sleep. Mm -hmm. So. Well, so for me, it wasn't that I partied until sunrise. It was that I was playing video games until 6 a.m. Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> same, same, but different. Yes. Um, yep, yep. Yeah. It was, it was a good time. It so much a different time. path in life, you know. <laughs> Today, I think I slept, like, 10 hours, though. It was crazy. I'm going to sleep 10 hours tonight, dude. Yeah, you better. Like, I'm going to be such a freaking baby tonight. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'll draw a bath. Oh, it's my birthday weekend. I can do whatever I want. I draw a bath. I draw a bath. Dude, don't, don't fall asleep in that bath. I <laughs> probably will. Probably will. Yeah. As long as I fall asleep after I turn the faucet off. <laughs> don't flood your house, <laughs> your brand new apartment. Oh, God. All right, well, host Albert. Yes. What would you like to interview me on, Loran? First off, actually, this is this is completely off the topic of what I any of the topics that I wanted to touch on today. But you've talked to me about I think it's Reiki before. Is oh, that yeah. is that like energy and mas is that a, mas a form of massage? Uh no. Um. I think the most like touching that happens in Reiki and it doesn't even have to happen. You don't have to touch the person because you can do this over Zoom. Like, oh, whoa. calls. Whoa. Yeah. So Reiki is more like energy movement, energy movement. What yeah. is the one that you're telling me about that involves massages? Is that a thing or am I making mm, that up? Uh, maybe massages. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if there's some kind of version of spiritual massages or something. Spiritual massages. I mean, you can incorporate massage in Reiki, mm -hmm. but no, I don't know. Maybe, maybe Natalie knows, but you know, this is Loran, so like, I don't know much. <laughs> um, yeah, were you, have you, like, are you interested in trying Reiki? I guess I think I've just been interested since last time we talked about a lot of the different, like, alternative medicines. Mm-hmm. I know that's not like exactly an alternative medicine. It's just more energy work and stuff. But I find uh, interest with, you know, like a dash of skepticism. But, you know, I've definitely things like that interest me. Okay. Yeah. Has been interesting me. I think you should you try it out because it's 
pretty simple. And then you have like an idea of what it even is. You got a guy? Because clearly girl. you think it's a massage. Well, I do in Connecticut. Ooh. Well, I'm going to be back there. Okay, I'll hook you up with my girl, Sherry. All right. Shout out, <laughs> Sherry. <laughs> if she's in Connecticut, she might actually be in California. Oh, shoot. Hmm. Traveling woman. Anyway, um, speaking of alternative medicines, I like went to a kava bar for the first time this week. Oh, hell yeah. I played a video game tournament. I played a melee tournament at a kava, a kava bar like 10 minutes from here. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. But yes, continue. To, did you have kava? I didn't. I wanted to try it, but I wasn't. I think I had some other stuff to do that day. And I was like, you know what? I don't. I don't know what this is. I know it's just tea, but we'll try it another day. Oh, damn. Okay, well, you gotta try it. I mean, I would be... Give me the rundown, because I actually didn't do much research on it. What is it? Neither did I. <laughs> was hoping you would know what it is. Well, I heard it's almost half, like, semi, like, caffeine, I guess. That's what I heard. Mm, I didn't think that. I thought it was similar to, like, Kratom. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's... Okay, that's what it was. See, don't ask me. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, we're not gonna get into logistics of kava right now but how did it what did it make you feel um it did they warned me about this Mm -hmm. um but it did make my mouth like completely numb what (laughs) it made my mouth numb as hell um which was fine but it made me weary like the person that i went with was definitely like had four times the amount of kava that i had so I don't know what they were feeling, but I was like, I don't want my mouth to escape into the ether. That's like what I said to this person. I was like, I, don't, I just don't know where my mouth is right now. So I'm not going to not gonna go crazy on this because I like to feel my face. It's like I literally cannot feel. Did any other part of your body numb or is it just your mouth? Just the mouth. Is it supposed to be like a stimulant or a depressive or? Depressant. Mm. Oh, it's like a chill out tea. I think I don't know. It uplifts your mood. I mean, like alcohol is a depressant and it uplifts your mood. So I guess I don't know. I don't want to like say it's a depressant if it. Isn't. What would it be most similar? Because you said you said it's similar to how do you say that word? Kratom. Kratom. And the, I've heard the, kratom. They compare <laughs> they compare kratom to opioids, and they compare kava and kratom to cannabis. So. I don't really know where it would lie on any of these things. I don't like, I mean, I obviously didn't have a lot, right. but I wouldn't say it impaired me in any way yeah, that like other things would. It just, it felt good. I was like, oh, and I, um, I've had kava before. Like I buy the tincture and I make my own at home, like with ashwagandha tincture and like other things when I'm trying to just like have a mocktail after work and relax and feel good. And it works like it, it I can feel it in my own cocktails um but when the, like the the lady who was administering it at the kava place like asked me if i had kava before i like brought that up to her she's like okay so this is way more intense than that <laughs> and i was like okay <laughs> um but i didn't I, I didn't feel as though it like impaired my thinking or had me in a different state of mind it just like you know made me feel i was like oh i feel like relaxed it's a like a pain reliever too so oh yeah. Yeah. I could see that. I'll have to try it. Mm-hmm. That's some weird stuff, though. Well, uh, I guess transitioning out of that, I don't know how to segue this. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I am going on some work travels and then going to see the family. So we will be taking a little bit of a break, a little bit of hiatus after this Boo. episode. 
<laughs> we want more closer to the core. Yeah, but yeah, we got some work travel and then we're just going to go see the family. Haven't seen grandma in a little bit. And Granny. And the friends back home. And obviously mm-hmm. mom and sister. So yeah. That'll be fun. It'll be a good time, but unfortunately we won't be around to film. We had a plan to film a bunch before this these weeks of travel came but both of us got real busy natalie's been it was all with good intention yes natalie's been busy with moving i got really crazy busy with work yeah and i feel bad every time that we're like about to host a podcast i'm like going through the worst <laughs> flat but if tire we can go through the worst we can do I just, the best i, I just know. yeah no i just hope to come back with in season two like yeah. with are we booking tenfold. This with the hiatus next season is season two or when season we come back to season two, two. Okay. i'm closer to the core what were you saying i didn't mean to interrupt your thought you were... oh i had a thought yeah <laughs> <laughs> um i don't know yeah what did I say? well you're saying you know you always come here and it's like something oh, happened like yeah the tire. there's always some shit happening and you know i'll like talk to people about it i mean like I show up and I like tell you all the shit that I'm going through and then we mm. record a podcast and like, we're fine. You definitely question whether or not I want to do this anymore because of it. But yeah. I'll like, I'll talk to my friends about it and like, they know how much I have going on. Cause I, I, I t- you know, talk to my other friends more than I talk to you on a, like a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you went and recorded a podcast like this week. Like you didn't skip out. Like I'm really impressed. Yeah. That, that consistency is really good. And I'm like, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate Yeah, thank you. I could have easily texted you today like, I don't know who I am. I think I'm a woman named Loran. <laughs> but instead I was like, okay, we're going to see how this goes. Yeah. Honestly, my biggest worry was not that we didn't film. was that I thought you were sick and I didn't want to get sick before my travels. <laughs> no, I'm not lie. sick. Uh, she just party too hard. Yes. Well, speaking of stuff like that, uh, interestingly enough, uh, I, I had a d- better segue earlier, but with uh with work i just quit i didn't just quit but i'm I'm planning on leaving my side gig um and that kind of leads me into one of the concepts that got brought up while i was on my my volunteer thing last week did we talk about that at all last week I did like a volunteer. Oh no, I did we a didn't. volunteering thing. Yeah, the pop tire kind of took over everything. Huh? It did. I didn't even talk about backpacking. I didn't talk about anything. Yeah, we didn't get to talk about mountain stuff. All right, let's talk a little about about mountain stuff. Okay, so last week, I just I had the thought, and I've always had this thought of like I really enjoy hiking. I really enjoy doing these outdoorsy things, and um, blessedly so, we have amazing trails and mountains here. And for a while, I've always looked at these trails and thought who the hell are the people doing the trailblazing and actually maintaining these trails and making sure nothing gets fucked up? And I had this thought for a while, especially because, you know, hiking isn't new to me in Colorado. We, I would go hiking a decent, like not super often, but a decent bit in Connecticut. We'd drive up to like New Hampshire or Vermont and it's like forested hikes. And it's like, okay, who's really trailblazing? Did we talk about this on the hike that we went on together? Cause I feel like I, like I talked about this with you and Mm. we were like hiking and I was like, this was see yeah see that was a precursor because i have had this thought in mind for a while it's like who are the people who who do these things and then i decided okay instead of just wondering i'm actually going to go find out well, so I, think I, I, I thought i told you about the volunteer no Did I I not? no i don't think so have you ever done voc i just know people that have 
oh well you didn't tell me <laughs> oh I, I could have sworn that we talked about this like when we went on that hike together no i don't i don't recall it and the reason i say that is because basically i i signed up like six days before the uh, activity i went on mm-hmm. and it was literally i just googled like volunteers volunteering opportunities in colorado and the first things that came up was were like like kind of like goodwill stuff and then stuff around the state and you know like families and uh like food banks and whatnot and i was like yeah i want to do outdoorsy stuff and so i just kept kind of scrolling and found a bunch of websites and then i found volunteers for outdoor colorado and i was like oh this sounds kind of exactly like what i want to do so i clicked on it and it's just a whole bunch of like restoration Mm. uh, preservation like stuff with trails and like learning like about the natural habitat and like native species uh, plants and animals and it's like hmm. wait you got to learn about shit this is pretty cool so plants kind of it actually so the work we did we went up to it's around winter park in colorado gorgeous area oh my god and essentially it's this you're way up in the mountains i think we're at like eleven thousand feet and actually let's start off with this there's a there's a campsite and the, the base camp is is quite a bit further down and then you need a high clearance four-wheel drive vehicle and it's like a 40 minute ride to this real bumpy like up through these real bumpy roads and then you get to this amazing mountainous area where there's a bunch of people backpacking there's lakes up in the mountains and people are fly fishing and it's this gorgeous area and it's all grassy land too so what ends up happening is because it's all this real nice grassy land people just like walk all over wherever they want and then they do these kind of switchbacks things where they just go in a straight line back mm-hmm. to where they came from yeah and what they don't realize that they're doing is destroying the habitat around them mm-hmm. um just inadvertently because like one person will do it and then it's with like their group of friends and then they it kind of makes like a like a noticeable trail and people are like oh you can follow this and it leads back to where we came from much faster and then all of a sudden it's like a hundred people have walked this trail and everything in the footpath is dying because now the grass is dying and that kind of thing so right the project was actually pretty big. I think it was like one of the larger projects, like a 50 person project. And we, so the people is one thing. The second thing is these high clearance four wheel drive vehicles and this grassy flat land up in the mountains. People love fucking off-roading there. Oh, I mean, that's even worse than walking. Yeah. Dude. Like way it's worse. a lot worse. And well, the crazy thing is that there's a, there's a service, there's this, company or whatever there's this business that does utvs so like these all-terrain four-wheel drive vehicles and they do tours and they're awesome they're great because they follow the trails they blaze their you know the the regulated trails and then they sell you know tickets and vehicles and make sure everyone stays on the path and the trails and they actually donated a bunch of uh, donated in the sense of like they had some people on standby to transport us up and down the mountain and they were super awesome, super helpful. <laughs> and essentially, so there's three parts of the project. One was updating the kiosks. So one of the things I had always had a question about was when you go to a trail, there's always like the signage of like, here are your trails. Here's what the natural wildlife is like, the habitat. Mm-hmm. And like, here's some fun facts and here's a map. And I was like, okay, who puts these there? The volunteers do. Also Parks and Rec in the state. But we built a new kiosk there. And then the second part of the project was digging new drainage. So, you know, anti-erosion efforts uh, and, like, trail restoration. And then the third part was we built these massive, like, they're called buck and, buck and, buck and something fences. They're just massive wooden fences with giant, like, made out of giant logs. 
and we're just it's like it's just straight up manual labor <laughs> we're like setting up these giant wooden fences well, i've never seen that on a trail before what do you mean so you have actually i bet you have it's just like the wooden fences that are around the trail it's like you, you I don't like recall ever seeing a fence it depends on the trail but there's oftentimes there's just like wooden tra- uh, wooden like fencing to and, keep you like on trail yeah to keep you on trail but also to keep vehicles off trail so gotcha. they're actually spaced in a way so that like horses can fit through and snowmobiles it's can like horses but like on cars trail can. dude hmm? horses on trail is the worst horses off trail actually they they show it's it's apparently i don't know i don't know how much research has been done on this but i think um i think horses are fine i think no i'm uh, i did my own research by walking on a trail and Seeing all the shit everywhere that no one has to pick up is disgusting. It's gross, and I don't want to walk around horse poop on trail. I mean, that's fair. You ever think about how, I don't know, is the poop good for the trail? I have no idea. Probably. I'm going to guess no. Well, like off the trail, <laughs> I'm saying. Oh. Because I'm sure the horses have, like, they follow the trail. I don't know. When we, part. us humans, poop off trail, like, we have to dig a hole and bury it. Because we're going to be respectful about it. Mm-hmm. Horses have poops like five times the size of ours. <laughs> and they're shitting like constantly while walking. I didn't think about that. So I, I might just be wrong on that end. But I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. But I'm just like annoyed. Like I'm with bikers. I hate well, bikers I just know, too. This is, now this is a bit of a tangent. But I know there's like the whole like regrowth and restoration thing in farming. Which is essentially they, they do like it's something about like bison and cows they might be different because of their digestive systems but you know obviously like cow manure and stuff like is real good for the environment like uh like the grasses and and stuff so i have no idea how horses affect that and like because i know hooves are different than tires and shoes i don't know there's something you're also thinking about like farming though yeah that's farming versus trails well either way um it was basically manual labor for like six hours and it was lit <laughs> honestly yeah that sounds really fun no it's because it, it's one of those struggles where it's like you you choose that struggle right and it's a great time i met basically who i aspire to be when i'm 80 years old so i got to the base camp you know uh pretty early way earlier than i thought uh the gps was going to tell me to drive those rocky roads in my fucking honda accord and that was not i'm glad that i stopped where i did and they have a massive they had a massive sign that said volunteers for outdoor colorado so i'm glad i stopped 30 minutes ahead of time and uh they were serving breakfast because i got there super early and people were camping the night before mm-hmm. and i met this old couple who was they were helping prepare food and wash dishes and i just had this lovely chat with them and it, it was a uh, shout out marie and and uh and dick powell uh, they're 83 and 84 years old, I believe. And My God. they've been volunteering up until they're 80. They're still volunteering now. They just can't do the crazy manual labor stuff. And they're I'd the most active and healthy 80-year-olds I've ever seen. Because they're standing, working all day. Like, they were doing dishes. They're helping cook and prep food. And I had a chat with them. They were like, yeah, we've been volunteering for a while. They're from Grand Junction. And they were just, like, the most wholesome older peeps i've ever met they're like we're still really active they like they hike every day hard, it sounds like yeah. they, they like hike a bunch they camp a bunch and they do like cross-country skiing at 80 at 83 and 84 so i was chatting more with them, than i do and they're like and uh i was like yeah i was like after the opportunity like the volunteer thing was was done 
you know, they were helping serve like snacks and they were getting dinner ready. And I was like, yeah, no, I, I, I really love this. I would love to come back and, and do this again. Uh, I was like, are you guys going to be in any future opportunities? Maybe I'll sign up there because then we can chat again. And they were like, actually, we'll adopt you. No, because we're traveling. And I was like, oh, cool. Where are you guys going? They're like, we're, we're going to be going to Europe. I was like, oh, that's awesome. Like, I'm, I'm going to Europe in like two weeks. And I was like, what if we could meet up or something? And they're, um, and they're like, no, no, no. We're flying to, to Budapest and hiking the mountain system and along the river, uh, the, the Danube River, all the way to Amsterdam. Ooh, the 80-year-olds? The 80-year-olds. And they're doing this like cross-continental <laughs> like hiking trip. And I'm like, Dude, what? I'm just like in awe. I'm like, dude, what? I want to be moving and grooving like that when I'm 80. I'm not moving and grooving like that now. That's... I went backpacking in like right outside Rocky Mountain National Forest. National Park. National Park. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, it was only like a four mile, five mile hike mm-hmm. to where we were going to camp. And that's like all I needed to carry the back pack with like we, we hiked more than that but we like set up camp and then just kept... four to five miles from the car yeah so that's the only time i had to carry anything i was dying <laughs> i was literally physically dying mm-hmm. uh, granted i was wearing a pack made for a male's torso and it was very uncomfortable that sounds like yeah you should probably get something that suits you <laughs> well yeah i didn't want to buy like a backpacking backpack those things are expensive so yeah. I borrowed one. Um, but yeah, you really need those to like fit your body. But anyway, regardless, I'm 24 years old. <laughs> it shouldn't matter. I should have energy and like stamina and strength that that can overcome yeah. a freaking four miles. One of the things that I, I'm really starting to value, and by starting, I mean like I've already begun my whole journey and i know you have where it's like just being active like making sure to be active and physically like you do climbing and you're up in the mountains like pretty damn regularly i'm really trying to do more hiking and mountain stuff and i go to the gym i was playing volleyball for a good bit and like staying like keep like staying active like keeping active like for the entire rest of your life because god forbid some sort of accident you know happens but like when i'm 85 like i want to be walking and moving like them and Mm -hmm. still exploring and did you ask them did you ask them like what is your secret other than mobility yeah no i I, no i asked them and it they were kept it real simple they're just you know like make sure you're eating healthy and natural things and have a really great partner who enjoys doing the stuff with you Mm -hmm. and just keep moving because when you stop moving it's way harder to get started again it was okay. that was it they're yeah. just like it's really simple just keep moving and don't stop because when you stop and you're stagnant for a while like yeah you... even like a week of like even being a, a young person that <laughs> yeah climbs straight up and goes a week without climbing it's like i'm starting from the beginning for a minute until i get reacclimated and it's, it, i can't imagine like what our bodies do when they were, we're older yeah and we hadn't i don't know maybe walked around the block yeah. In two weeks. The the body atrophies real quick. If if you're not doing if it feels like you don't need that muscle, then it will get rid of it real quick. Also, do you happen to know the statistic um 
if it's married people live longer or single people live longer? I think I I, I don't know. Actually, I have no idea. I'm pretty sure it's married people live longer. That would make sense. Just like the whole like partnership and yeah, it's like better chemicals and hormones for you. It was very cute. They were they were fucking adorable. <laughs> like I love it. They were such a joy to talk with. And here's the other thing. Okay, here's another thing that I kind of wanted to get into with, with the whole like volunteers thing is, uh, we chatted about it a little bit before, but I was talking about how like I wasn't fully aligning and not really like wholly committing to like volleyball friends and you know because lots of like difference in like lifestyles so like drinking a lot and like going out really late and doing stuff but it was great like the volunteer people were like the nicest and most wholesome people because of course they were it's like you're volunteering your time to make like the planet better and it was so easy to get along with pretty much all of them Mm -hmm. like it wasn't just this old couple it's like everyone you talked with was extremely wholesome very nice like happy to do what they were doing like real happy to just be helping out uh there was so there's an faq on the page that's like here's what to bring here's what not to bring don't bring pets and funnily enough mm. we we're up there in the mountains and there's this dog roaming around with us and i didn't ask i figured like it was probably just some seasoned member of the community but on my utv ride down one of the guys uh, he'd been around the block. The the guy who was driving us, he's, he he knew who it was. He's like, yeah, it's this dude. He's been volunteering with us for like years. Last year, he he volunteered like 10, 10 times throughout the summer, uh, and he has adopted like half of like a seventeen mile trail. Like he's donated to us like a whole bunch of times. So when he wanted to bring Roxy his dog along, we just said, normally no, but for you, yeah. Fuck it, sure. I want to be grandfathered into something like that. Absolutely, and the sick. dude was like, the dude was like one of those like wholesome, but like kind of like stern, like dad figure kind of guys. Like you could tell, like, <laughs> like he loved what he's doing, but he kind of had like the resting bitch face, dad face. But it's like the second you talked to him, doing it wrong. talk to him, he was like, he's like, he loves the outdoors, he loves his dog, he loves doing this stuff, and he, he like has adopted, like, you know, done, like, the quote-unquote, like, adopting trails and donated a bunch of money and still actively uses his time to help better these trails. It's mm-hmm. fucking awesome. I'm really glad that you had that experience and that you're, like, finally finding spaces that you feel aligned with. Yeah. Um, so I know, like, volleyball was fun, but like we talked about before, you weren't invested in anyone you were doing it with or... Mm-hmm. We'll tell you, it's, it was difficult to invest. Mm-hmm. Like, you had to hang out when you weren't playing together and most of those hangouts was lots of drinking and when you are together it's like you're so damn focused on each volley and each rally and each point that it's like i don't have time to talk to you about what happened last week (laughs) yeah dude. the point started you better get that pass in (laughs) i want i wanted you to find something like i have with like my climbing group of friends Mm -hmm. because yeah we're going on a freaking road trip climbing trip uh, at the Four Corners Hell for the yeah. solar eclipse that's happening in October. What? That sounds crazy. Mm-hmm. And we're all driving, or uh, some of us are driving down to sw- see a concert in Tennessee. In Tennessee? Mm-hmm. Wait, where's the... I thought the Four Corners was, like, between these square states here. Yep, these are two different events. Oh, okay, okay. I have a fun rest of the year. We are actually going to need to... 
stockpile some episodes. Yeah, because we got some travel coming up. Yeah, we got some travel coming up. Um, okay. Um, we'll like go like they're who I went backpacking with. Mm-hmm. They're who I go camping with. Like I don't know. You just need people that want to do all the fun things. And- yeah. But also just like deeper connections. One of the things we talked about yesterday was, or not yesterday, last podcast was um, kind of like having goals and like setting them and then also reviewing them. And I went through and I remember I wrote down a bunch of goals for when I moved to Denver and I actually pulled that page back up. It's in my Google Docs. and I was like, oh shit, I haven't looked at this in a minute. And I'd actually achieved like a good amount of the goals I set out. Hell here yeah. To do. But one of the things that I noticed that I didn't achieve was like... M- like making okay i wouldn't say didn't achieve but like wasn't at quite at the level that i wanted to be was making like some real deep connections and friendships here mm-hmm. i would say that i have a couple of those but not anything like what i made in like high school or like when i was younger essentially when we had yeah. more time to dick around and do stuff like just play video games all day together sometimes or... you do have to dedicate an entire day just to like hang out with people yeah and you that's be okay with that. one of the things I realized that I was, I was lacking since moving here. And that's one of the things I want to work towards. Now, the weird thing about volunteering is that, you know, Colorado has this incredible ski and snowboard snow sports season. Pish posh. I'm not doing that. So <laughs> I'm not doing that. But what that means, and since it snows so much, is volunteer no. opportunities are typically through April to October. And I've just found this whole group. And essentially, like, outside of volunteering stuff. Oh, do like, they ski and snowboard? No, 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 no. I'm just saying, like, the season for volunteering stuff ends in October. Yeah. So, and I'm traveling for the next three weeks. So, I've got, like, like I'm basically going oh, through Oh, you're wondering, and, like, like, how you're going to even connect these people Exactly. Again. And I'm like, fuck. Well, that's kind of shitty. You get any numbers? No. <laughs> Albert. God, I, I haven't taught that. you anything. Yeah, nope. Not at all, but we'll all do right. it. We'll do well, it for next time. Well, it's okay. It's okay. We're learning here. That's not the only space of cool people. You live in a great state, and there's, yeah. we're, we're full of it. With with climbing, I've realized that connections for me were made a lot quicker than any other space. Mm-hmm. And I, I, this is something that like I thought about. I'm like, why is that? You're literally like when you're climbing outdoors, bouldering outdoors in particular, you are essentially trusting whoever is spotting you to catch you and like with your life save your life yeah and so every time that you fall off the rock and you're being spotted and caught there's like a split second where like that person saved your life yes and that you've like it almost feels like you've lived multiple lifetimes with these people because like technically you have and that's just how I feel about it. Yeah. And it's really dramatic to say that I no, almost died when I'm like, like landing on pads. But it's like the emotion and the adrenaline and like that's no, that's very much what it is. Like, absolutely. I agree. That's like a really psychological thing too. Like I learned about that in communications class where it's like, you know, it's like what is it called? It's like excitation transfer or some shit like that. Uh where it's like it's like, hey, if you want to go on a date, that's why people love taking people to, like, amusement parks because, you know, the adrenaline and those emotions transfer over. No one has ever brought me to an amusement park for a date. It's it's stuff like that, right? So it's, like, climbing or, like, even hiking or just doing certain things. Like, like <laughs> an example for me was when I was in uh, Paris for work last year. Like, I had made some friends at the Paris Games Week convention, and we 
decided to go see the the arc the arc de triomphe or whatever mm-hmm. and it has this massive uh circle like driving circle around it's, be- it's basically like a like a seven yeah. eight lane roundabout yeah and there's a way you can cross underneath it and but in like uh like the safe way under the tunnel but me and these two new friends were like nah you... fuck that and we like ran across the whole like eight lanes of traffic oh you were walking yeah, we were... Oh, yeah, I thought you were driving because... No, we were walking around that area because it's really... It's actually... The way Paris is structured, it's super easy to, like, see pretty much all the major sightseeing things by foot. Like, you have to walk a couple miles, but you can see everything in one go. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's what we were doing. So, like, we're at the arc and we're like, do we want to take the safe way? And, like, it's like... Mm, nah, fuck it. Let's <laughs> run across this bitch. Why? Because it was like, fuck it. Why not? It's exciting. It's like... Okay. Uh, okay, it was, we had a good opening. We got honked at, but it's fine. And like we made it over, and it was like it's one of those moments. It's, it's very one of those small moments that's like cool. That was a little stupid, but I'm really glad I did that because now I can I have that experience in my memory. Yeah, yeah. When you're making connections on like a night like I had last night, I was with people I already have connections with, so that's fine. But like anyone that I met last night doesn't matter doesn't matter i remember i had this talk with this girl that was standing on the other side of the fence of like one of the the clubs that i was at Mm -hmm. and we actually had like a pretty deep conversation about spirituality and like our purpose here on earth and like i don't know i don't even know how we started talking about this honestly i was probably just like really drunk and wanted to talk to her about it sounds about right and she gave me gave me a book to read or like gave me a book recommendation i put in my phone and I can't tell you a single thing that was said in that conversation. I just know, like, the topic of conversation. And it means nothing to me now. And it's not going to mean anything to me in a, ever, ever in life. Are you going to read so, that book? <laughs> maybe, yeah, actually. She was, like, really adamant about, like, so based on the theories that you're telling me right now, like, you really need to read this book. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Connections that I've, like, made just by being outdoors outdoor connections like seeing nature and feeling connected to the earth like those are the ones that are like core memories essentially yeah 100 percent. i'll just say like those deeper connections with people who like who just who are like great people and want you to succeed like a mutual understanding of like hey we're all here to just kind of like enjoy life together but also do better together Mm -hmm. it's beautiful yeah can I share an embarrassing ass story with you about like that's similar to what you were talking about with people like walking off trail What's and up? creating a new trail? Okay, so when I was in I mean, college, we did, we did that together. To be honest, like that's before I knew. Remember the first time we hiked with the whole group? Oh, that was like that's the stuff. I forgot we went on that hike because that's technically like what you're not supposed to do. But continue. I didn't know we were on a trail. Oh no, we were way off trail, walking through. <laughs> I'm the always off trail. You know what? But we found a great spot, and we only did it once. I'm sorry, volunteers, but I'm going to keep doing it. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, I won't do we do this, though. So what happened in college was um, I went to school in New Hampshire for a couple years, and I was studying environmental science, and we had to do a bunch of labs. They usually had us, or for one class in particular, we had to dedicate both Saturday and Sunday, eight hours a day, to field labs. And it was usually, like, going to, like, a big mountain and hiking the entire mountain. And, like, it takes a while to walk up a a mountain and study everything you're walking by. Mm -hmm. 
so we that's why we needed to dedicate so much time for this um and for one of those labs when we got to the top of the mountain they're like teaching us about like why there was exposed granite up here and like this is the lichen that's growing on top of the mountain because of xyz and they're like this lichen over here is being blocked off by this like wooden fence but it wasn't a fence because it was literally just a piece of wood just to like let you know not to walk over it right um you very easily can mm-hmm. um though i guess this is an endangered species of lichen oh well so no that was a thing um <laughs> i didn't know like protect could be endangered. <laughs> i guess it is and it's really freaking important to protect it for whatever fucking reason i don't know <laughs> your kids probably see where this is going right um so i was talking to one of my classmates this is like a i don't know half an hour after they told us about like why the the railings were there um we're walking back down the mountain and i'm literally walking in the lichen (laughs) oh natalie and the teaching assistant looks at me and goes can you not walk on the endangered lichen (laughs) like what are you doing (laughs) and i looked down and i was like oh no Oh no, I fucked up. <laughs> I fucked up. Um, looking back on it, fuck that lichen. Like, who cares? Well, did you learn about why it's important to the environment? No, they never taught me that. Yeah, see, I think that's a that's a big thing in when you're educating people about why not to do what, whether to do or to not do something. It's pre- it's pretty important to give them an emotional attachment to like yeah this is good because it's well at the time i was really upset that i did that yeah but looking back i'm like fuck the lichen one of the things i actually learned about while doing this whole hiking and going up and down and stuff is um that's really interesting is that county that whole area i think it's called like grand county or something um when you're kind of up in the mountains up in that area you can you can see and you're an advantage point where you can see a lot of the trees and like the pines there's a lot of like dying trees and stuff and i was sitting there like one i was like yo was there like forest fires or something like a lot of these trees are just grayed out but i'm like it's not a forest fire because it's like almost like patterned like one tree is dead and the tree right next to it is perfectly fine and i'm sitting there like what the fuck is going on so i we we're driving up the super rocky road and i just asked and i was like hey like this wasn't like a forest fire site, right? Like what, like what happened to all these dead trees? Like they don't look like they were burnt. They go, no, it's, this is basically climate change. I was like, what? And they're like, yeah. So there's a species of pine beetle that kills trees like this. And in this County, it has, I think like they're killing pretty much like in areas where they're infecting, they're killing like 60% of the pine trees that they're inhabiting and infesting. And it's like, you just look at these patches of forest. Like, you can see, like, the whole green tops of all the pines. And there's just this massive patch of gray trees. So, basically, because beetles. of climate change, the They're area where the beetles can live has expanded. expanded. But also, it's, it's because, like, their population isn't being controlled because it's not getting as cold during the winter. Okay, and because true. it's warmer for longer, they're allowed to breed for longer. Uh, which a lot means of their insects. populations are growing and then it's like you just have these massive patches of dead trees which also turn into tinder for fires 
Yeah. A, like, a lot of insects are, are having the same effect that it's going to like start impacting more than just trees. Like ticks are murdering the moose population because oh, they're around a lot longer yep. and they aren't being killed off by the weather. So the ticks are just diseasing these moose and they're not able to like bounce back from it because they're like mega ticks at this point. <laughs> So, I mean, that's just like one of thousands of examples of even just bug related. Yeah, no, just, yeah, being in the mountains, you can see just how like the ecosystem's pretty resilient, but at the same time, really fragile in certain other ways where it's like you, you just tweak a couple of numbers for one species one way and suddenly you have a bunch of trees dying in a pocket of grayed out trees and in, in a beautiful forest of green pine. I don't want to look at brown gray trees. Yeah, it's some scary shit. That's crazy. I don't know. It's like at this point in time, things are going to keep changing rapidly. And we can obviously try to slow it down. It's going to continue to happen. I don't think that we should do nothing, obviously. Right. Because we are actively murdering ourselves i think the earth is extremely resilient and Mm -hmm. i think in like a billion years or however long it takes to bounce back that it will Mm -hmm. Um, when we're gone it will right but like why 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 have that be our legacy that we just like ran ourselves into the ground like the dinosaurs they're noble as hell (laughs) they They went out by a meteor meteor. (laughs) they didn't have anything to do with that yeah, it's it's crazy, pretty crazy to look at it, and it's one of those things that's really hard, right? Because it's like the individual can only do so much. It's really it has to be a global shift, like an entire mentality shift, and those kinds of things can't they they can't happen without like mass attention and action, uh, and they especially can't happen with like global conflict, because Mm-mm. I mean, Russia and Ukraine isn't helping the hundreds and the hundreds of wars throughout the Middle East and Africa are not helping. Uh, just The UN being controlled by the countries that just want all the resources isn't yeah. helping. Um, just resource control in general. Yeah, and enough with the argument that the Earth naturally goes through fluctuations of hot, hotter climates and colder right. climates. Because like, it does, we but know. this is different. <laughs> yeah it does but this is different like literally look at like i was talking to our friend jami the other day and he fucking sent a screenshot and it's just like yeah it's 105 in dallas this entire week but also it's like the fucking air quality is probably also bad on top of that yeah like like our south- southwestern states are becoming slowly unlivable like colorado is like like decent like it is 96 today it's gonna be 99 tomorrow and it's gonna be 99 the next day like we're in a desert sure like that's fine like new mexico and arizona like have always been pretty hot like this but Mm -hmm. the average temperatures have definitely gone like i'm looking at stories online where it's like arizona it's like people don't want to go outside because it's 115 every day it's like 110 every day and it's like that's worse than winter to be fair (laughs) no one should be living there to begin with (laughs) i don't (laughs) the desert wasn't made for people to live in um, and Colorado is giving those states all of our water. <laughs> well, kind of. I don't want to push people out of those areas, but like, I mean, those are going to be the first to go. 
because you're not even supposed to be there. (laughs) And, like, your area isn't meant to sustain life anyway. Well, I mean, it can, and it has for a really long time. It's just, like, instead of, like, 90s every day, it's now 115. It can because of what other places give to them. If Vegas tried to sustain itself on its own, it could not. Is that a fact? I yes, don't know enough about that. It is. <laughs> like, you can look it up, dude. The Like, even Los Angeles gets its water from Washington. Mm-hmm. And Colorado, the Colorado, like, the Colorado reservoirs River and... Yeah, it's called the Colorado River because it... Res- the origin No, but is in water Colorado. coming from Colorado. Yeah. Like, we give other states water. Mm-hmm. We literally transport it and, like, have built dams to, like, move water into areas that, like, don't would not be able to do that. Right. I'm just telling you right now, like, <laughs> uh, humans are not invasive, but we are invasive in in certain areas because we are not meant to have as many people. So, like, where are you going to put them? We're, we're just going to build cities anywhere, you know? Mm-hmm. And it is what it is. Like, we did this. Yeah. We are desertifying our states, and soon enough they will not be lovable. So people will have to relocate eventually, which is kind of scary. Yeah. And coastline cities aren't safe either because of the rising <laughs> sea levels. The world is fun. <laughs> Not to get depressing, guys. <laughs> Sorry, it's Loran. Um, Natalie doesn't usually go into climate change. Yeah, but it's an important thing to talk about and to know it about. It is. It is. When I... I started studying environmental science in school because it was what I wanted to kind of give back to the world. It was really, it's still what I'm really passionate about, mm-hmm. um, the environment and protecting it. And I realized like how intersectional the whole process is to begin with, where like I don't need to be an environmental scientist to be a, pro- a part of the solution. I just need to figure out what it is that I'm here to be to do, like what my purpose is, and like how I can relate it. Mm. to like even artists are important in the movement right like um my friend amanda is now making art shout out amanda shout out amanda i'm not gonna go too much into this so she can talk about it herself on season two um she's starting her new, new art project that's all like environmental based and there's even like majors in school now for environmental art um that's i don't know cool. the, the movement is literally Every walk of life, every person, every purpose, all working together. Like we yeah. need, we need politicians. We need economic, and eco- economic. We need politicians <laughs> that are our age. We'll get there eventually. Or not, not they our have age, to, but like from our generation. The other generations have to die eventually, right? Yeah. Did you, okay. Never mind. I don't want to get political. It's just like it's not. I don't think it's healthy for a country to have 80-year-olds running the country. I don't either. I just genuinely, like, I don't care whose side or what party you're in. I, you, you should not be 80 years old and running a country because your time has passed. And the new generation needs to take over because y'all don't see what the fuck is going on in the world. And it's like, we don't even have a choice. Yeah, that's the frustrating like... part. I think it's, we, yeah, it has to be like the, like the control and the actionable step. It's like, it's not in our hands right now. That's the thing, though. I feel like... No one wants an 80-year-old person running the country, but they also don't want the progressiveness of millennials and Gen Z. But like I said, the older generation's got to die eventually. So, like, it's going to phase out eventually, hopefully. I don't know. Brainwash people exist still, so. 
Yeah. We'll Ultimately, see. I mean, people will do what is most comfortable to them, which I think is part of the problem. <laughs> that kind of discomfort. Moving away from that, though, you talked on something with like environmental science and stuff, like, like the whole purpose and whatnot, like what you can do for the world. I've definitely been on that ground myself and just trying to find something. And one of the concepts I think you'd find really interesting, because I'm sure you've heard of it, and I would love to hear your take on it, mm-hmm. is the Japanese one, like Ikigai, which is the, it's like, a, you can kind of see it on my notebook, but it's like a, a four-circle Venn diagram. Have you seen this before? I haven't. You're reacting like you haven't, which surprises me, because I feel like you'd love this. <laughs> um, which is basically a four-circle Venn diagram instead of two. And there is, on each circle, one is basically what, what you are skilled at, one mm-hmm. side is what you love, one side is what the world needs, and one side is what makes you money. And in the center of all four circles is the Japanese concept of purpose or a meaning of life. Because uh, essentially you put all those things together and then you can meet, like live a meaningful life. That Doing something you love, that makes money, that you're good at. That helps the world. And that's I hate the... that we have to tie in like what makes you money, though, because who decided what careers make what money? Who decided that? <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Like that system is just like, OK, doesn't make sense. But sure. Uh, like what? Give me an example. Um, like <laughs> the system, I don't think it's based on you work harder, you make more money. Or you're smarter, you make more money. Like, that's a scale that would make sense. It's very simple and obviously not complex enough to encompass all of the careers. But scientists are hella smart. And they don't make a lot of money. Yeah, it's very much about demand and what what value you're offering. I guess, depending on what you're doing. Right? Because, like, we definitely need a lot of people maintaining sewer systems and laying bricks. Yeah, like, we need that. Mm-hmm. Do they make a lot of money? I don't know. They, oh, yeah, they make plum. Plumbers make a lot of money. <laughs> oh. Electricians, they make a lot of money. It depends, right? Like, there's a whole school of vocation like path that I think should be advertised a lot more because chances are, if you're just if you have one of those skills, like you have a path to make a lot of money. But a lot of the kids just want to be YouTubers, which is fine. <laughs> I think you make a lot of money if you can be successful. Mm-hmm. You're like you're looking at me like you know how hard that is, Natalie. <laughs> well, yeah, because it. I mean, it really depends on what you're talking about. But I was kind of delving into this because you brought up like environmental science and kind of helping. Which, by the way, you don't make a lot of money doing. No. <sighs> I mean, tell me about that because I don't know anything about environmental science. Because the thing is, like, look at what I just did. It was volunteer work. Like, I didn't get paid for that. I did it. Cause yeah. I um. To. So in college, I I had ended up switching my major to biology, but I still stuck with like environmental science focused classes because I don't want I don't care about genetics or, or medical things. Like I'm I'm very passionate about the environment. I re- remember my senior year of college, I took a class called um, oh, what was the class called? Wildlife management, wildlife management and ecology, mm. I think, and um. I remember we started learning about like managing wildlife, like working for park systems and like deep and uh, and just like studying wildlife and ecology, like the environment and like managing that. And I was like, 
I found my dream job. I was like, I'm so glad I took this class. This guy's going to be my mentor. He's going to help me out and I'm going to do this. He ended up like crushing my dream, my, my 10 second dream, because it would have required me to have so much more schooling than I already had. So like, much more what? Schooling. Oh. Um, I would have needed to plan this from the second I started my freshman year of college and then gone on to higher education patch past my bachelor's degree only to make close to nothing. He's like, people do not go into this for the money. I just want you to know. Like, what would you, so it's, it's wildlife, man. Like what, what did he do that you wanted him to mentor you on? I guess. What was the idea? The idea was to work in the field and like do studies on different population sizes of animals and like control animals, invasive, invasive species, kind of figure out how we can, uh, coexist with wildlife like they have to live here too like the, in the in the simplest way because i don't want to go into Absolutely. i don't want to go into like too heavy details but like even just something as simple as like the bunny rabbits that we see mm-hmm. kind of hopping around like we have to account for them and like kind of study where they go what they need to survive what their population is like in relation to their like yeah. what they eat and what eats them um that does sound pretty damn cool and really complex yeah you and have to understand ecosystems yeah so one of the things i yeah invasive species and native species is another thing that i learned it the trick like we didn't learn about it like it was a class but it was very much one of those things that i had like it made me think about um because one of the next opportunities that i i don't know if i'll be here for but I wanted to sign up for was this whole, it was, this is, is just a completely different one. It was like, we're basically, the group would be going on a, on like a trail and cutting down all of the Russian olives because <laughs> they're an invasive species and they're taking resources from the native species because mm-hmm. they don't have competitors. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things after I looked at that, just that just popped up out of nowhere because I started paying attention to my surroundings more. And by surroundings, I mean literal surroundings. So when you exit my house, uh, and you walk the path towards the, the little parking lot there, we have a bunch of roses, like rose bushes. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that a couple of weeks ago that a lot of the flowers were budding and they would look really nice. And then I noticed, I was walking past them, that I was like, oh, like I've been having this fly problem. Um, oh yeah, do you still which, have a, f- a fly problem? No, that, that, that ended after a week, but uh, thank, thank God that was fucking annoying. <laughs> it was like, like fucking... Albert 15. went on a killing rampage. It was just so many flies. He started in my house. just he he didn't want to murder any flies, so he let it get to a point where there was just like a extended family of flies <laughs> in his house. And it wasn't well. Okay, so it wasn't actually that because I was killing a few of them. And when I say I wasn't trying to kill them, is that because they'd sit on my door and then I would like shoo them away and then they'd just come back. So I don't know. Something was dying and then they eventually went away. I did kill a lot of them though. Yeah, I told him it was okay to kill them, and then he was like. You're right. And, and just, just grabs a rag and was like, ah, okay, Not die. like that. Well, okay, so what I thought were flies, these were not flies, what I thought were flies, I was looking at these rosebuds and like these flowering plants, flowers, and I was like, are these flies sitting on these buds? Like there's like these like metallic green like bodies on these, and they're like surrounding, almost looking like they're suffocating these flowers. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? So I like went, I was, I like, passed them for like a day or two and i was like i'm gonna look up what these are 
so I looked at, like I looked it up on Google and I'm like like bugs on roses or like things on flowers like in Colorado and it turns out that it's this invasive species of Japanese beetles that like mm-hmm. swarm these plants and just reproduce like crazy because they don't have like their natural predators here and they just kill plants and then the day after I looked that up I was like I should look at how to deal with those because these are like they're like I didn't plant these roses but they look nice and I would like them to not be fucking covered in bugs like in these beetles that are mm-hmm. killing them and uh I I like I was like okay cool like that'll be like a plan or something just a little mini thing for me to learn tomorrow and that night I walked out to my car and I like just to go for a walk and I took a look at the road like went to look at the roses and half the buds were gone and it's because landscapers had come in saw all the beetles and I think they just nipped all of the roses like straight up and I was like well shit that kind of sucks like we don't get to like look at these pretty flowers anymore because of these fucking beetles that might have been the correct call i don't know environmentally what the correct call is but like now i'm kind of more interested in i probably would have done the same thing yeah because it's like dude these things are like first off they kind of look gross but second like it's just like they're killing these flowers like yeah dude i wonder whatever happened to the freaking murder hornets i think that i don't know I think that got dealt with somehow. I don't know. Oh. Invasive hoping... species are so, so hard to deal with. And, yeah. like, that story kind of died off after a couple of... But I was so terrified for our bee population, dude. Yeah. Like, what would our bees have done? Well, bee population is a whole other story, too. Because, like, we have all of this... Uh, they call it, like, monocropping agriculture practices. Mm-hmm. Where it's just, like... Like, there's... in uh, I think it's in Florida or some, some, you know, area where they do a lot of farming. It's just rows and rows and rows and miles and acres and hectares of just like one type of tree Mm. and it's it fucks with the bee population because they only have one plant to pollinate interesting i would have assumed that would be easier for them but it's also like it affects everything right because like the quality of their honey also Mm. diminishes because they're only farming from one type of plant the there's a whole bunch of science that I've forgotten that my friend explained to me because he does farming that is really interesting. I just know I studied bees in college. I studied everything in college. <laughs> um, we would watch them go from like flower to flower mm-hmm. and kind of pick up on what their patterns were. And they typically would like to stay to the same species of flower just because it takes a lot less energy to get into a flow pattern of like, mm. we, you know exactly how far you need to go in to get the nectar or whatever bees land on flowers to get they get the pollen the nectar yeah i think they get the nectar and the pollen just like sticks onto them and that's how they pollinate yeah that sounds right yeah so how to land on the flower like maybe spiraling up the the stem or like h- how far you need to go in for the nectar like wh- whatever it might be it takes less energy mm. and it's just crazy that in- insects are smart enough to know that they have to reserve their energy <laughs> um yeah it also like one of the most interesting things is that that honey thing where it's like the quality of honey is worse because it's it's just one type of plant um, yeah and it reminded me because my friend in new york they started uh they started bee farming and then they actually just started a farm but one of the crazy things is like by year one, their honey was tasted completely different from their, their third year honey because they had started farming. So the first year of honey, they actually had um, like their honey had this kind of like this appley accent to it. It was this really nice 
kind of different sweet sweetness to it and then by year three you could you could taste that there was more like even more apple but also like berries and other fruits in it because they started farming all these berries and fruits and, and mm. like uh, now they're like dude he sent me a picture today and it's like he had his kitchen counter had like 15 squashes and zucchinis and like he had a basket of potatoes and it's like and that kind of diversity is really important to the population and he's the one who taught me about russian olives because he like went on a rampage for the last like five years cutting down russian olives himself uh and now also apparently in new york and around long island there's this invasive species of like japanese ivy that's like that's like grown everywhere because of like it works with the rainfall and stuff and it's killing other species because there's so much of it it's covering the sunlight it's like oh holy my fucking shit. god it's all like... right moral of the story <laughs> life will it. grow wherever it can and it does not care about other life that's what i'm learning learn. well yeah that's how forests progress that's how we work true 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 but like trees are just a, a product of like lichen being conquered by bushes and the bush being conquered by the mini tree and the tree getting conquered by the old forest yeah um anyway i could talk about this forever but um before we close off this episode is there anything else that you wanted to say about the um no it's I the think Japanese. We... No, that's okay. That was just kind of the point I wanted to touch on. <laughs> Before we close off this episode, is there anything else you'd like to say about the Japanese, Albert? <laughs> the Japanese? Keep doing what you're doing. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Much, like, purpose and meaning of life stuff. So I think just generally about that kind of stuff, I'm, I'm, I think where I am right now in life is I'm very much leaning towards like trying to learn what I'm good at. And then mm-hmm. leaning towards that because, like, what you're good at will eventually lead you towards what you can make money in. And then with that kind of control and freedom, you eventually start finding fulfillment in it. And with all of those things combined, then you can start seeing how it applies to the world. The issue with starting off with trying to figure out what you're good at is it's going to take time because technically like a lot of people who find their passion in life like it takes them a while to get the acquired skills to actually be good at it yeah so you're not gonna be good at something off the rip and if you are you're a prodigy depends. Um, congratulations well it depends right because everyone has their own separate kind of skill stacks true this is what we talked about before like some people just know that they're good at certain things like for me it, it was video games but right? you just said skill stack so you they did build up the skills first yeah right because it depends on but if you've been doing what you aren't passionate about and you want to build new skills it's going to take time yeah 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 or even just getting the skills yeah step one is skills step one (laughs) acquire skills what i've learned from two of the books i've read recently which is the subtle art of not giving a fuck and Mm -hmm. then so good that they can't ignore you is essentially that a lot of people ask the question opposite to what you asked yourself which is what can the world do for me? Whereas a lot of other people tend to go with the question, what can I do for the world? And in answering that question, it's kind of like, okay, what am I good at? And how can I lean into what I'm good at to get really good at it? And then once I'm really good at it, then it'll become more fulfilling because I have more control over what I can do. Did you say the exact same sentence in a different podcast? Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Like verbatim. Yeah, because that's what these books are about. So right now I'm kind of on that path of finding what I'm good at and then how to somehow market it and work with it with stuff with like environmental work and VOC and 
stuff that I really enjoy doing because it's better for the earth. Because at this point, I love what I do. It makes money. I'm pretty good at it. So I'm three of four circles. The biggest thing is with video games, not exactly good for the world. Not bad for the world, I would say, in some cases, but it's not like you're saving the world. <laughs> right. There's more than the world than just nature, but if you, yeah. like, if you love but nature. But I do love the environment stuff. Hell yeah. My, one, of my, my, one of my dreams has always been to basically be David Attenborough and <laughs> talk over like Planet Earth documentaries. Oh my god. I, I really admire, and I know like the job is really, really hard, but I would love to be a, like a videographer. photographer, videographer. Yeah. I, yeah, no, that's absolutely, I agree. Like, But you're like in the worst climate conditions <laughs> yeah. ever, sitting there waiting hours and hours and hours, not get, moving. Like, a 15 second clip of a yep. bird. Yep. <laughs> or like you're in the Arctic tundra just to maybe get footage of like the rare and dying breed of polar bears. You have to be great at meditation for this. Yeah. Anyway, thank you for listening. Well, what did I say? My alter ego, Lorraine? L- Lorraine. Lorraine. I think Lorraine is more. Well, uh, Lorraine signing off. Natalie here wants to thank you for listening to season one of Closer to the Core. You, I can't believe you. that we've like done a full season of this show. Even though season is up to us to define. <laughs> <laughs> we could have just been one episode. I can't believe we make, we've done a whole what season. What if we make the seasons like literal seasons? Like this is this was like summer to the end of summer. It was because so we we, we do... recorded our first episode in May. Yeah. So now we can do a fall season and then a winter season. We'll just, we'll oh, go with the flow. That is so cool, though. Thank you for listening to the summer season, summer 2023. Closer to the core. Um, <laughs> it's cool to put, honestly, yeah. this project has given me a lot more clarity on meaning in life. Like what we talked about today, even. Just like having something that's that we get to work on and have like no one telling us what to do because every other job that i have like we have bosses right you know and i mean like our creative endeavors outside of our work obviously like is fully us but this is like something that we want to give to the world it's a gift Mm -hmm. for others to enjoy and we get to have full autonomy of it and it feels really great and it it, i love talking about life life in this podcast and i hope um i like i think one of my favorite things about this is just we have this kind of open space between us where we can just share what we've been doing and learning yeah because one of the best ways to learn and continue learning is to also talk about what you've been learning maybe Mm -hmm. even teach it a little bit maybe even give you a little little taste a little taste so yeah thank you for listening to season one um season two is gonna be a million times better just you wait (laughs) I'm not even going to spill the details yet, but oh, what we got in store for season two is crazy. All right. Yeah. Thanks for listening. I got to go pack. <laughs> yeah. You got to do that. Yeah. I'm going to go back into my cocoon. Yeah. Let Natalie get some rest, Lauren. Okay. I guess. <laughs> I'll go back to the pharmacy. All right. See you guys. <laughs>